here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Allison Aletha. Al, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty peachy, you know? I, I, I'm feeling this kind of end of the 2020 fatigue and I'm ready for it to be over. But otherwise, I'm feeling pretty good. I hope you guys are too. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Uh, we are not alone. This week, we've got a very special guest returning for, what's it been, like 10 or so episodes, Re? Uh, yeah, we've got Adriel so. Munger from the Champions Cast Facebook team. Uh, how's it going? I am doing pretty good. Um, same as Allison, kind of ready for this year to be over. Um, but, you know, can't complain. I'm doing all right. Yeah, aren't we all? We're all ready for this year to be done. And uh, this is the last show of, of 2020, if you can believe it. Uh, it feels like this year has went on for like the entirety of the Champions Cast run, but this is the last <laughs> one, and next next week it's going to be our first show of 2021. And actually, we've got a good uh, slate of shows coming up for you guys that uh, is going to revolve next week all around what we want to see in the, in the year 2021 for the Legend of Zelda series. But yeah, the first couple months of, of the new year is going to be some really good stuff. We have... Uh, some CDI retrospective coming up. We got our worst dungeons ever episode. We're we're doing the Oracle retrospectives. Uh, we're we're doing some more fan questions. We've got tons of good stuff coming down the pipe. But we wanted to finish off 2020 strong, and uh, I I think that we I think that we're gonna do that today. By God, we are going to be diving into the oft requested world of the Legend of Zelda in a cyberpunk setting. And it seems kind of timely because Cyberpunk 2077 is all the rage in the video game world. Although, it's all the rage for the wrong reasons, which is too bad. Because I was really looking forward to playing that. But I don't think that I'll be playing it for at least a couple months now. But yeah, it's, it seems like as long as I can remember, I have always known people to say like, Oh, I really wish that they would do a Zelda game in like a steampunk setting or a cyberpunk setting. Do you guys, have you ever seen that before? I've definitely, yeah, seen people say that, but here's my problem that you guys already know. I don't know what that means, so I'd love <laughs> for you guys who know a little bit more about it to tell me what that means. Well, that that is exactly what we are here for. I was up until like 3 a.m. actually watching Altered Carbon last night, so I'm I'm primed, I'm ready. Uh, Reed, do you want to give, why don't you tell Allison what you think cyberpunk means to you and then I'll follow up after what you say. All right. What cyberpunk means to me, my present, my Ted talk, um, <laughs> cyberpunk, um, it's funny that you are, that you compared them to cyberpunk and steampunk. Cause when I remember I was telling my mother I was like oh I'm gonna be talking about cyberpunk and she was like I thought you hated cyberpunk and I was like no mom that's steampunk steampunk is lame cyberpunk is cool <laughs> <laughs> but listen to each their own it's you know no shade if you don't if you like steampunk it's all good so cyberpunk is um so if you've seen Blade Runner I mean it's best if you could think of examples right uh Blade Runner mm -hmm. um is a perfect sort of the poster boy, at least in my mind, for cyberpunk. Allison, have you seen have you seen either of the Blade Runners or read the book? I'm gonna be so horrible this episode. I haven't seen the Blade Runner movies. <laughs> That's it's, okay. That's it's okay. All right. I feel like a lot of people out there probably haven't. No. Yeah. 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 Um, so basically, um, cyberpunk is sort of like like an 80s, 90s like a, a, a aesthetic of like. Um, 
the future in like usually takes place in mega cities and usually it's um, a big giant like corporation or government entity um, that has control over the um, technology which is you know this futuristic technology um, but like the mass populace has a very low quality of life so there's a lot of like gangs and like you know underground sort of resistance movements and like you know people just sort of scrounging through getting through life it's kind of like this like dirty city uh aesthetic um but there's there's a lot of other little hallmarks of it like um there's always weird body modifications i just watched johnny mnemonic which was uh, so good (laughs) what a great flick what a great flick so good 10 out of 10 highly recommend uh, for a lot of reasons, but in that movie, for example, he's like a, a courier who, um, like, you can put data into his brain, and then he, like, you know, goes and delivers at different places. So there's, um, and then there's like the low life gangs, and he's, you know, it's, um, yeah. So I don't know if if um, if this is answering your question, Allison. If this is kind of giving I'll, you a I'll vibe, add on to that. yeah. So when you think of cyberpunk, Al, what I think of is usually like skyscrapers everywhere, right? Like there's there's no grass, it's just city, it's usually night, it's usually raining, there's usually our hero getting noodles at a shop. <laughs> uh, there's neon lights everywhere, there's different kinds of gangs. Like like Reese said, there's usually like a mega corporation kind of running things. Um, there's, there's usually body augmentations or technology. It kind of blurs the line between man and machine is a, is a good like hallmark of the cyberpunk genre. Um, yeah, it's like, it's almost kind of a film noir aesthetic in a lot of ways. A lot of the classic, uh, like, cyberpunk stories are, like, almost just, like, detective stories in a way where there's, like, a, a mystery and, and the surrounding just kind of adds to the intrigue. Um, there, there's a lot of different, like, things that you can play up in the cyberpunk genre. But basically, I think at its core, what it is, is it boils down to a blurring of the lines between man and technology and how, like the consequences of that kind of affect everyday world and the mass populace is, is I think that that, I would say that's the core okay. of cyberpunk. Okay. Right there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as you guys are talking, I'm kind of feeling Jack and Daxter two vibes is what's popping into my head. Have you guys played that game? Nope. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, well, I'm it's, so sorry. <laughs> I, it's feeling very cyberpunk to me right now from your guys's description. So I'm, I think I'm getting it. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I will, I'll just go ahead. So I laid out a scenario here and I used these movies as my like inspiration for my, my pitch that I'm going to give you guys today of what I think a badass Zelda cyberpunk game would look like. But like movies such as Blade Runner or like The Matrix or Altered Carbon, uh, Tron, mm-hmm. um, even, even Final Fantasy VII is very kind of cyberpunk in its way. Mr. Robot, Mass Effect, The Hunger Games, all of those have like the cyberpunk DNA in them. Obviously, some are, are a little bit more on the nose than others. Um, like, I think I think I would agree Blade Runner is kind of the, the granddaddy of them all. But um, those are kind of like the movies and the stories and the, the different properties that, that I drew some, some influence from. And, and to be honest, like, we were kind of talking about this in our notes, but, like, there's a lot more cyberpunk in Zelda than than people actually realize, particularly with Breath of the Wild, which is very much kind of a story about 
nature versus machines with Zelda and the Guardians and the technology and how that technology is eventually corrupted and used against Hyrule. You have like all the hallmarks there. You have like these like these glowing swords, which are guardian swords. It's it's very like it I think at its core, it's actually pretty cyberpunk already. Yeah, yeah. It's totally edging on on, you know, classic cyberpunk territory and and cyberpunk narratives usually have like a very clear like super villain i mean in some ways there's they're more nuanced right like you know blade runner is is sort of about um empathy and you know can machines have empathy and sort of you know wax is poetic about that but at uh, most cyberpunk narratives are about like you know uh, uh, like an everyday person who's like trying to fight um like a big evil um, you know, entity in order to save the population or try to, you know, turn the trajectory of, of the world, which is what Zelda is in a lot of, a lot of the narratives, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that you said that usually there's a very, very clear, like even not a villain, but like a clear entity, at least that's like very, mm-hmm. like the Tyrell corporation is like a, a villain. And like, it's, it's very obvious that like they're, holding the population down or like the uh like there's a, there's a lot of examples where like it's it's fairly while well, your your main character is usually kind of a shades of gray kind of guy you're you're at least having like that that one antagonist that really stands out which is something that i thought could like actually translate pretty well to the zelda cyberpunk game so without further ado allison i am going to pitch to you and i am going to pitch to everyone listening to this show <laughs> Why I think that Zelda and Cyberpunk go together like peanut butter and jelly. And why this game would be so, so awesome. So I'm going to lay out the general premise. And then I'm going to let Adriel come in behind me and get a little bit more specific with how some of the intricacies in the game will actually work. But here I go. Are you ready, Allison? I'm I'm so ready. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I'm going to give you my opening, like like back of the back of the VHS uh, thing here where it lays out the story. So <laughs> okay. hit the music. <laughs> Open your eyes. All around you, tall, sweeping skyscrapers everywhere the eye can see. Dark, gritty streets. Neon lights illuminating the night. Potion shops open, selling luminescent brews to anyone willing to pay for them. Round the clock surveillance by the flying guardian drones, a frightened people scurrying about desperately trying not to be noticed. The land of Hyrule has changed over the centuries. Using the Sheikah's technology, the world has advanced further than anyone ever thought possible. The legends and the gods of old were forgotten, and in their place, new gods rose up. The gods of technology, media, and progress. Gone was the kingdom of Hyrule. Replacing it was Gan Incorporated, the largest conglomerate in the world, who was secretly controlling the world. Presidents, mayors, leaders were all nothing. Ganoncorp were the men behind the masks. Citizens living in fear, Ganoncorp running the world. No hope, no tomorrow. Open your eyes, you are Link, and welcome to Hyrule 2149. <laughs> End the music. <laughs> Applause. Are we hyped so far? Are we hyped? I'm hyped, yeah. This sounds Dude. great. Yes, take my money. I'm so on board. I'm smiling so much. Continue. All right. So, and you guys, you guys chip like 
interrupt me whenever you want if you have questions or you want me to elaborate. I don't know that I'll have the answers, but maybe we can figure them out together here. But uh, I'll, I'll break it down with the setting, and then I'll actually break it down with the kind of like the, the first little mission that you do in the game, and then I'll get to some of the characters here. But this is the setting. So our main villain is Ganoncorp. Now, Ganoncorp, as I said, is the largest conglomerate in the entire world. And Ganoncorp rose to prominence by producing something called the Rune Chip. This chip, which is embedded into every Hylian at birth, allows the user to control the weapons used as runes. So, everybody now can use bombs, cryonis, stasis, and magnesis. Mm. Everybody can use that. This seemed like an incredible advancement, an incredible achievement at first. But what nobody really knew was that Ganoncorp was actually inserting these rune chips into the citizens to survey, monitor, and in some cases, control the citizens with their rune chip. Now, each Hylian, and when I say Hylian, I also mean like the Rito, the Koroks, the Zoras, all of them. Everybody, when they have a rune chip put inside of them, they're either more susceptible to the influence of it or less susceptible. The people that are absolutely most susceptible to it and are able to be fully controlled by the rune chip, they then become guardians, who is the secret police force. The ones that are less susceptible to the, the controlling effects of the rune chip, they either can manipulate those runes and use them to become powerful, or they can, uh, they can use them to actually join the Guardians and become lieutenants, higher-ranking lieutenants. So, that being said, there is an underground sect of Hyrule known as the Order of Hylia, and they have removed their rune chips surgically, which is now a crime in Hyrule. And that makes them free from Ganicorp's control, but conversely, it also makes them considerably weaker for not being able to use all of these special abilities. The Order of Hylia lives off the grid and is waging a guerrilla war against Ganicorp, and has been for a long time. So Gorons, Rito, Korok, Zoras, Gerudo, Sheikah, Hylians, all of them, they are all still here, they all still exist, but with the advancement of time, with the improvement of technology... Society is looking a little bit different, and I can almost picture them looking kind of like how uh, people in the Hunger Games looked in, like, the Capitol or whatever. They all got their funky colored hair and, and weird makeup and stuff, and everybody's going to have cybernetic enhancements. So, you know, they it's, it's going to be the same races, but it's going to be completely different from what we know. Like I said, the Guardians of Hyrule are the secret police force. They are, they, technically they work for the government, but Ganoncorp really controls them. And they are made prominently of innocent citizens whose only crime was to have a rune chip put inside of them. And they weren't mentally strong enough to resist the control of it. So they are, they have been recruited into the Guardians. So those are our main players. Ganoncorp, the Guardians, and the Order of Hylia. So that's, that's the setting for here. What do, you, what do we think in so far? I'm uh, I'm wondering if we're going to send this to Nintendo and be like, yo, Andy Spiteri's got your next game. <laughs> um, I, think... I don't know how many times I've said it, but I feel like Nintendo should give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like this. This is like, this is intriguing. And it's, you know, you can only, it's kind of hard to say about Zelda, but you can only do so much of the same thing over and over and over again before you got to change. And that's what they did with Breath of the Wild. So... I'm sure that they can continue with the formula of Breath of the Wild for a while, but, I mean, we gotta evolve, and this sounds like a direction to evolve. It's kind of, it's really neat. I like it. 
Now, I guess, like, I, I would be okay, because I, I wrote, like, specifically a video game here, mm-hmm. um, but I would be okay if it was just even, like, a side story kind of thing, like, you know how they do Hyrule Warriors or whatever. I just I just want to see this aesthetic so badly. I think that it would be, like, so, so cool. But I will continue. I'm going to read to you, like, the first, the first, like, chapter, I guess you could say, of the story, because this sets up the rest of the game. So here I go. Now... This wouldn't be a Zelda game without the game starting with Link being asleep. So we're going to keep that time-honored tradition alive in Zelda. And we're going to rip off one of the great cyberpunk movies of all time. Link is a drifter whose day job seems directionless. He is lost and unsatisfied with his world. He is what they call a modder. He can modify machines and technology to improve them for other people to then augment themselves. Link is asleep at his computer, searching the web for something. He doesn't know what. And all of a sudden, his computer acts up and he gets a message. And all it says is, open your eyes. And he finds out that his computer has been hacked. So for the next coming days, he keeps on getting this message saying, open your eyes. And more and more messages come his way until finally he he asks who it is. And this hacker, this elite hacker that has been taking over his computer All she says is her name is Zelda and that she is involved with the Order of Hylia and wants to meet. So Zelda tells Link that uh, she needs to meet him or that he needs to meet her and that they need to meet at an abandoned warehouse. Oh, I love it. Link will go to this abandoned warehouse and go to this. It's actually a secret facility of Ganoncorps. So he hasn't met Zelda in person yet. All he's doing is getting messages through... Let's just say he has some kind of communication device, like a Sheikah Slate or whatever that looks like in the future. So Zelda says, we want you. We know that you're looking for something else. She And, and she's basically trying to recruit him into the Order of Hylia, but then says that Link needs to prove himself uh, worthy of joining the Order of Hylia. So she tasks Link with destroying a secret weapon that Ganicorp is making at this abandoned facility here. Um, the plan is to go in, and this is actually the final component to a super weapon that Ganicorp is making, and this would give them complete and absolute control over everyone with the rune ship, no matter their level of resistance or not. Now, Link is going to enter this facility, and this is going to serve as like a traditional Zelda dungeon, and he's going to work his way into the internal server room. So, after beating my boy uh, Algor, Al- how did I pronounce this? Uh, Algorma, who is just kind of a, it's it's like Goma, but a play on algorithm. So we gotta have Goma in there because this is a Zelda game after all. So he's gonna beat uh, Algorma, and Link is gonna find the key component that Zelda was talking about, an AI program called Ganon that would serve to give Ganon Corp's main processing network a digital personality to be able to control all the networks and act as an artificial overlord, essentially giving the body of networks one mind. So this AI program is really going to be the final key in allowing all in allowing Ganicorp to take control of all the citizens. What we also don't know is that Ganicorp is building this AI program, a synthetic body modeled after the legend of Ganondorf. So he's going to come in to play a little bit later in our game. But for right now, all we need to know is that we have this rogue AI called Ganon, and he is Ganicorp's secret weapon, so to say. So Zelda has created a virus that will 
basically eliminate this Ganon AI. But unfortunately, she underestimates the artificial intelligence, and Ganon is a step ahead of her. So as Link is inputting the virus into the processor where Ganon is stored, the AI does the only thing that it can to survive. It takes control of the automated network cables, attacks Link, and uploads itself into Link's runeship before the virus destroys the server. Now, Link and Ganon share the same body. Two minds, one serving the light, one serving the dark. Zelda and Link finally meet in person, and she brings him over to the Order. Link will then find out why he was chosen, how he can stop Ganon Corp, and what the real danger facing Hyrule is, all while having Ganon inside of his head, acting as a force for darkness. So that's the that's the first kind of chapter, and it sets up what is going to be the crux of this Zelda cyberpunk game. So we have got our hero Link, but we've also got Ganon, who is going to serve as somewhat of a companion in this game. He's going to be fully voiced, he's going to be able to talk, and he's going to try to influence you to do things, let's just say, the, the dark way. And this is going to kind of be similar to Mass Effect, where you can choose to do the light path or the dark path. Mm -hmm. And so, really now, the rest of the game is up to you. If you want to embrace the light of Hylia, or if you want to succumb to the temptation of Ganon Corp. So, that's the setting. This is the score. Are you buying this game so far, Al? Yeah, I was buying it at the beginning. <laughs> Although, I'm kind of <laughs> curious about Link as a character. Um, I, I don't know if this is backstepping here, but, like, when I think of this kind of, like, setting and how these people live and how they are, I imagine the hero is kind of, like, run down, doesn't really believe in much anymore. Is Link kind of like that, or is he kind of just how he always is? Like, just, you know, ready and willing to help. He's, like, just a helpful guy, and he's always willing to be the hero and courageous. Um, What do you think, Ray? I was going to say, I feel like he, uh, like, you know lights up we see link and he's like not he's like not living a fulfilling life he's like totally run down like the rest of the population is but when he gets this message from uh zelda who i love that she's a hacker so cool anyway but she when he gets this message he starts to like have a little bit of like renewed hope and like he starts to learn that there's like a resistance going on and there's like a you know there's some sort of you know he has comrades that are, are interested in, they have a mutual stake in trying to like make their lives better. And I feel like that would um, push him as a character to have a little bit of, you know, self-interest in, in trying to, in trying to overthrow this, this system. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. I can yeah. do that. Well, well put. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you can do both for sure. Like you can have him be like directionless and without purpose, but then once he finds that purpose, then he kind of, will turn into the link that we all know and love, like the the optimist, the one who makes goofy faces while he's cooking. Um, and like this also, like, like obviously I've just kind of laid out like the heavy kind of portions of the story here, but like, I feel like cyberpunk is definitely a genre. Like you can have a lot of levity too. So like you totally. can still have like the goofy moments of like link cooking or like getting dubious food or like you can have all of this goofy stuff. I just didn't necessarily put it into my... Um, my intro there but I, I think that that can absolutely still happen it doesn't have to be like all dark and all grim and all gritty all the time mm -hmm. so yeah I, I think that link will once he finds his purpose he will he will kind of transform into that beacon of, of hope that that we know but i mean at the same time if you also so choose you can you know you can follow the influence 
of Ganon. Now, what I thought would be really cool is that you can you can follow the influence of Ganon. He is actively going to try to corrupt you because, you know, this is the only body that he has right now. And Ganon's ultimate goal is going to be using Link to get to the Ganondorf synthetic body that Ganondorf has built. But what could be really kind of cool is if Link can somehow convince Ganon to come towards the light. And that could be Whoa. the first time that we ever see Ganon maybe embracing a different path as well. I've huh. always wanted that. Like, I've, I've, ever since um, I've been seeing this stuff from Breath of the Wild 2, I've been having this image in my head of the three of them in the Breath of the Wild kind of uh, aesthetic being friends first before Ganondorf turns to the you know to the dark side so that would be kind of cool like i'd love to see that i i kind of like the concept too if you got like zelda and this resistance on one shoulder as the angels and then you got ganondorf in your ear on this other shoulder as the devil's you know angel and devil on your shoulder kind of deal i like it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it like kind of reminded me of um like I I didn't particularly love the sequel trilogies in Star Wars, but one thing that I did think was pretty cool was like how Rey and Kylo Ren were like they they cared about each other, but they they weren't on the same side, so they were both trying to turn each other. So I, I wouldn't say Link again and care about each other necessarily, but like they're both trying to turn each other towards their cause. So I thought that that might be like it might be a little bit more nuanced than the typical good versus evil, but you you do still have. The good, which is the Order of Hylia, versus evil, which is Ganoncorp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I love the idea of um, of a, a Zelda game with consequence like that, like where what you're doing, uh, uh, how you can take different paths. Like, like uh, I don't know. I just hadn't even thought about that as an option. Like b- b- the open world Breath of the Wild, like blew my mind so much at the time, and like this is blowing my mind again. Like thinking that you could that you could like play and like go to the dark side and then you know you could play it again and have a totally different experience doing it a second time um or maybe if there's like some like there's middle ground as well so that it's cool i like it well let's uh let's keep it going i'm gonna uh i'm going to flesh out some of the characters that i have in this uh, in this cyberpunk game here and they're Basically, they're all characters that we already know, but, like, kind of a new spin on them. So, um, of course, we have Link and Ganon, and Link is our main hero, as always. But, as we as we know, he has the evil AI Ganon living inside of his mind. So, they're both trying to outmaneuver the other and, and manipulate the other into basically coming over to their cause. Link's main quest, or one of his main quests in this game, is going to be finding a way to rebuild the legendary Master Sword... And this is an artifact that Legend has could be the key to stopping Ganicorp. Uh, I didn't actually get so far as to figuring out how, but by God, it's going to be the key to stopping Ganicorp. So that's going to be a big thing is we're rebuilding the legendary Master Sword of old. Um, and of course, we have Zelda, who is a hacker and member of the Order of Hylia. And uh, she's somewhat of a prodigy in terms of her hacking prowess, but she uh, she's a little bit... A hardened attitude, and uh, this is going to be a far cry from the Zelda that we know and that we are familiar with. This one, this Zelda is going to be like like tattooed, leather-clad, vengeful, very different. It's going to be a whole new aesthetic and a whole new look, and uh, 
I, I, I wish, I wish that we could actually see that. Cause I think that that'd be very, very cool. Um, we have Impura, the leader of the order of Hylia, a respected hacker. And, uh, she, she's almost like the mother figure to, to Zelda. She, she took Zelda in after her parents were murdered and as uh, is, is kind of that, that mentor figure. Um, she has been labeled a terrorist by Ganon Corp. So she, when she goes out into public, it's not good because everyone hates her because there's, uh, there's all this propaganda against Impora and the order of Hylia. Um, the order of Hylia itself is a ragtag group of rebels whose goal it is to restore Hyrule to prosperity and free the people from the control of Ganon Corp. So in the order of Hylia, um, I didn't give anybody names, but we're, I think that you can still, you can almost do like a modern version of the champions here. So like you can have a Zora hacker, you can have a Rito forger, the Goron head of security, the Gerudo tech expert, a Korok smuggler, and even you can even have an AI named Navi who runs point on all missions. So I thought that it would be really cool if like during the game you could have side quests that like would kind of they, they would focus on each member of the Order of Hylia and if you finish the side quest you can bond with them a little bit more and like get uh, maybe like maybe like for example you could uh, you could just get discounts on buying stuff or you get new armor if you're if you do all these side missions and, and kind of forge a connection with all the different members of the Order of Hylia I thought that that could be cool uh, Allison this is one that I know that you will like one character that I made to to put in is President Rome. And oh he God. is the president of Ganon Corp. And he was once thought to be a respected leader, but uh, Rome was seduced by the power of technology, eventually forming what would become the biggest conglomerate in the entire world. So there we go. We have, uh, those are like the main players. And I do have some, some side characters that I'll get to here in a second, but those are our main characters. We've got Link and Ganon. We've got Hacker Zelda, Impura, the leader of the Order of Hylia, the actual Order of Hylia with all of our kind of new champions there and President Rome. So these are the main players. Um, I don't know how I feel about that President Rome, but I can see that... Is he actually Zelda's father in this game? Like, or is this like a different alternate universe? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, I can totally cool. see it if, she is, if, he, if they are because, you know, it makes sense why she's vengeful, you know, and she might have like split morals because she's fighting against her father and then maybe you know she can get her father to turn later or something that'd be cool i, yeah. I dig that yeah i totally dig that they should they should be related you've sold me allison you know what yeah that thought didn't even cross my mind i just i put him in that president role because i needed like a kingly figure and uh he's kind of a heel <laughs> and he he fit that role good. That could be that could be something kind of cool because like officially in our canon, Zelda's parents have been murdered. So we could be pulling like we could be pulling a Darth Vader here and like I am your father or something. <laughs> there you uh, go. I love it. Yeah, I feel that. Um, okay, so we also know that we have the Guardians, the secret police, and uh, leading the Guardians is VT nine thousand. And VT-9000 is a silent, relentless android. He is absolutely loyal to Ganicorp. And this is an enemy that you are going to be fighting several times over the course of your adventure. So VT is going to be modeled kind of after Vadi. He's going to have a similar kind of look to Vadi. And of course, I had to slide him in there just because I love Vadi. So he's, <laughs> he's going to be a very cool looking android that we're going to see. 
and what I'm calling Ganon Shell. So Ganon Shell, like I was talking earlier, is that synthetic Ganondorf body that Ganicorp built with the intention of putting the AI Ganon inside of it. Of course, we know that that doesn't happen and the AI goes inside of Link instead. So we have this incredibly powerful synthetic body who has code altering properties that can literally bend people's rune chips to make them comply and assimilate. And it's sitting there empty waiting for an AI to come inside of it. And this is going to play a big part later in our game because there is going to be someone that is going to try and steal it. Uh, we have a couple more, we have a couple more people to meet here. So the Shadows Nocture. The Shadows Nocture is a cult based on the teachings of the ancient Yiga and Sheikah clans. They are convinced that in order to save the world, it has to be absolutely destroyed so that it can be rebuilt. And leading them is a guy who is going to be named uh, Vat Tyrell. And he is fought and defeated midway through the game. But he, and this is a spoiler here for anyone that's ever going to be playing my uh, <laughs> Zelda Cyberpunk game here. He's going to come back and Vat Tyrell is going to actually steal the Ganon shell. So he is going to be using it for his own nefarious purposes here so those are all the main players in the game and they're, they're like i said they're different takes on existing characters but kind of molded to fit the the cyberpunk aesthetic so that's that's kind of the the general gist of like the the story obviously i didn't map out my story very far but these are the people that you're going to be spending a lot of time with i like it i think it's also like extremely possible because you know, you think about this kind of stuff, and maybe it seems, like, so different from what we know as Zelda. But, like, as you said, you know, Breath of the Wild has so much technology in it already. And Zelda's very, like, interested in that technology, so I could see her trying to progress it. And, like, her, um, uh, like, uh, you know, whoever she borns, she gives birth to will want to like continue it as well over like generations. So I could see this happening and it has happened in games before too. Like I, I know you guys said you didn't play Jack and Daxter too. So I'm guessing you didn't play the first Jack and Daxter, but Jack <laughs> and Daxter was very fantasy based with some ancient technology in it. And then Jack and Daxter two was suddenly this like sprawling city technology everywhere, gangs and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like a huge leap. It could totally happen, and now I really want it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would totally play this game. So I'm going to I'm going to lay out a little bit of the gameplay, and then I'm going to turn it over to Ree, who really went crazy with some of the dungeon ideas <laughs> and like thought of stuff that I didn't even think of. But I'm going to give you like the bare bones kind of kind of minimal uh, aspects of my gameplay here because this is a video game. So here we go. Like I said. Um, the one of the main crux of the game here is going to be able to you're going to be able to decide whether you want to take the light path or the dark path and you know you're trying to turn Ganon he's trying to turn you so it does offer different like replay value based on which direction that you want to go Link will also have the ability to augment his weaponry and modify his body like I said he is a modder so instead of like a typical item and Re will elaborate this on a little bit um, he can basically infuse himself with different augmentations. Um, one thing that I thought was cool too is like, there's also, let's just say that there's a drug and it's called Malice. And this will give you extreme power, but at a risk of kind of making yourself more 
more susceptible to being controlled by Ganicorp and the rune chips. So the power comes with a cost. Um, I thought that it would be very cool if there was like, like I said earlier, tons of side quests where like you can, you can do like the specific missions with the order of Hylia and you get to know them a little bit more. Um, I thought that, uh, I thought that dungeons would uh, be scattered around and, and have a little bit more modern settings. Although I think Re's idea kind of blew mine out of the water here. So I think that that's going to be very cool. Um, and then one of the main quests will be, like I was saying earlier, to rebuild and reforge the legendary master sword. So you'll need to chase down leads, acquire parts, and eventually find a way to reinfuse the sword with the power to seal the darkness. So this would kind of be akin to doing shrines in Breath of the Wild, where like there's 120 of them. I, I think that you do like several little like mini quests or like mini like shrines, if you want to say, and you can eventually get the pieces to reforge the master sword uh, over the course of the game. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that uh, I think that it, it could be pretty cool. But Allison, I want you to I want you to check out what uh, what we thought up for the dungeons here because this was something that I hadn't even thought about here. So Re, I'll I'll pass it over to you. Okay. So what I um so I was thinking that the cyberpunk aesthetic is like limited in some ways because it's um you know like in a city and it's they're, they're all it's like technologically based and um in fact that's sort of like i feel like cyberpunk is sort of criticized for being sort of narrow in that way and i think it would be like harder to get people on board right away with like a zelda experience that was just like fully like a gritty escape from new york situation so i was thinking um what if what if the um so the whole thing is that um ganon corp is trying to control you know the populace through the rune chip right um and so what if what they were trying to do was to come up with various um like virtual realities um to implant into the chip so part of your um part of your journey is you have to like, go into these various virtual reality scenarios and you have to like either you know delete them if you are on the good path or if you're on the evil path i suppose you could be you know finishing them or like you know cementing them or whatever so all of these various virtual realities could be like a desert or you know a beach underwater a you know a mountain whatever they could be in all of these different geographical you know locations or they could be just in different like situations like there'd be like you know uh, a castle or a spiritual temple or you know like a victorian mansion or a carnival you know there's like lots of different places that um mm -hmm. that you could go um and the aesthetic could could you know change vastly in between them um or it could be you know more uh, slightly more uniformed and like maybe um like the aesthetic could be kind of like um like a little fuzzy like it's like oh you can like every once in a while you start to like realize like oh i'm in a simulation you know oh, um yeah, cool. yeah and um and then the enemies um would change but you know have the b same basic you know um mechanics or whatever um but yeah so that's that's my idea for um having different um, different kinds of areas to go to instead of just like a big mega city. So what do you think about that? 
I think, yeah. I, I think it would be, like, so cool. Especially because you can play around with the aesthetic. So you could almost do, like, like one dungeon would be, like, Toon Link style, or if you really wanted. Or, like, one dungeon could be, like, classic Zelda style. Or, like, you could, one dungeon could be, like, you're in space. Like, you... By using virtual reality, you can completely play with, like, the different kinds of, of dungeons and looks and stuff like that. And, like, you can do anything you want, and you can get away with anything because it's virtual reality. Yeah. It's, it's like, such a such an obvious one, but it's such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I like the I like the fact that you can get, you could sneak in your, your general, you know, Zelda formula that way, you know, and get in that fantasy element that everybody loves from Zelda. But then when you, you know, take the virtual reality off or whatever you do to turn it off, you know, you're back in this futuristic, it's, it'll be like a huge contrast, but it would be, it would work. You know, I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it would be like awesome. Yeah, and I think that like, yeah, I, I was thinking kind of, again, with the Zelda formula, like, in order to get into each of these dungeons, um, or each of these, you know, worlds, you have to do all of these other tasks around, you know, the Hyrulean mm-hmm. mega city, um, which is like, you know, maybe you need to find passwords or key cards, or you need to yeah. like, um, you know, have certain body modifications to like get, get in. And, and when I was thinking of this idea, I wasn't even thinking of the, um, I wasn't thinking about the, the dual like path situation, but I think that it could still work where, you know, like maybe these, um, uh, these virtual realities are sort of unfinished and if you are taking you know the dark path you're kind of like finishing them you have a different checklist of things that you need to do to like cement this reality into being like all right this is an option for us to like control control people with or something and if you're doing the good path mm-hmm. then you would try and be trying to destroy it so yeah I've, I've got two things to add to that so first I, I think that like it would be speaking of the dark and the light path there. I think what you maybe could do is like, so I, I envision the final boss is going to be the Ganon shell. And uh, like I said, Vat Tyrell is controlling the Ganon shell. So I think if you're taking the light path or the dark path, you can get to that final destination because you either want your synthetic Ganondorf body back if you're taking the dark path, or you want to destroy it if you're taking the light path. So either way, I think that works. Mm-hmm. But then maybe before then, depending on which path you take your battle like your your second to final boss battle of the game is against president rome if you're taking the light path or it's against impura if you're taking the dark path and i think that could be like super super cool yeah um also one thing that like i think really lends itself well and really makes a lot of sense to having the dungeons kind of take place in virtual reality is like you could go in and do the dungeon and instead of finding like a physical item whatever like a dungeon item you could find the piece of code mm. and so you take the code and you put it on and you mod it into a chip and like boom there's your dungeon item like you found the code for the hookshot now you can extend your arm by like 20 feet or whatever yeah like it's it makes a lot of sense like just to to have that like instead of like the the boots or whatever that you naturally pick up it's just a just a piece of code that you can put into your like progressively more and more cybernetic body Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that that'd be like super super cool Mm -hmm. i'd be interested to see how these bosses would be too yeah oh yeah yeah with with virtual reality i mean they could be they could be anything like i'm almost thinking like 
like the Zant boss fight from Twilight Princess yeah. where he's just like going crazy and going to different I mean I think that like you kind of want to rein it in a little bit because like some of the best bosses are you know they're not not that they're traditional but like it, it doesn't doesn't take like that kind of craziness to make a great boss but you definitely could do that and you could make the the setting like I just think that like you have unlimited potential to do anything you want in like a virtual reality setting. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it would, it would be um, it would be cool to have you know how like in I don't know in lots of games there's like the first three dungeons and then there's the like the big section where you have to there's like five or seven or whatever and then there's the final one. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that con- not contrasting the virtual reality dungeons to the ones that are actually in the in Hyrule like in the mega city would be really cool like one dungeon you know is like getting to Ganon Corp you know like what you were saying at the beginning and you know at the end it's it's going to be traversing either the um the um uh the the headquarters to either like if you're on the good path you're trying to like beat the shell or otherwise if you're trying to like I just th- I think that there are lots of opportunities to have maybe there's a dun- a dungeon where you're like underground and you're like in the sewers or something or maybe you're like you know on the tops of buildings there there's lots of cool ideas for the actual city for using the city but um I think that if you if you contrast that with the virtual reality you'd get more of a a full experience of like you know being in you know nature or the desert or whatever so I I think it would I think it would contrast well I'm I'm having a thought. I'm having an idea. What if like Here we go. <laughs> what if the virtual reality is specific? You have to go to a specific place, maybe a specific shrine that's still around. Mm-hmm. And then when you go down into it, that's when the virtual reality takes place. So mm. that way it's more it's more consolidated. You have to you know, like you were saying, you have to get like a specific chip or whatever to activate that shrine to go into the virtual reality dungeon. That would be cool. Yeah. Especially yeah, because like you that. have I... like these shrines from generations and generations past and you could still have that aesthetic from, you know, this time in Zelda before all this. So I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I do like the idea of like, going to a physical location and then entering VR a little bit more than like just entering like four different VR dungeons from like one similar setting. Mm-hmm. I, I do like that a little bit more. So yeah, I think that that would be, um, I think that'd be very cool. Yeah. In different, sure. different neighborhoods, it would like force you to explore the different neighborhoods of the, of the city. I, while you were talking about that, I was also having a thought about the different, um, you know, there's like, you know, we could have the Zora and the Rito or if they're, whatever there's the the gorons maybe they live in different areas of the city or maybe you know everybody is is living together i kind of like the idea of all of the races like living um like in the city together um but um but yeah so this doesn't quite work but but the original thought i had was um what if you when you go into vr it's you could also not be in your body like it's it, you could be like in a goron body um or in a zora body or a rito body um Ooh. depending on the depending on the vr um and i feel like that would work more if it was like different areas of the city were like divided uh you know like in the same way that breath of the wild is um 
but yeah because you don't have to be your own body if you're entering into vr so that's yeah that's kind of cool yeah that's totally true i was getting like that's totally true as far as like the the you know different races i was kind of thinking like republic city where all the benders in you know avatar the last airbender they Mm -hmm. all live together in the same city but they still have like different factions kind of so maybe they could just have different factions within the city hmm yeah I think like uh, a really good example of like a modern like kind of cyberpunk city in video games is actually from Final Fantasy 7 remake like that the way that they built Midgar was very was very cyberpunk so I, I feel like I would want that aesthetic where like you do have all of the like you can let's say let's just say that you can still have what is Zora's domain or Goron City and like those can those can be like neighborhoods or let's just say in, in the city of Hyrule, but like you, you do have people like out and about like mixing and mingling. It's just like they, like all the Gorons live in this neighborhood, but maybe they work around the entire city or like the Koroks will, will still be in this. Like, and and you know what? We, we can also say like there, there can be like, it doesn't all have to be skyscrapers and stuff like that. There, there still can be some nature. There still can be some water. Obviously not as much because, you know, the technology is kind of ruling over everything, but I think that you can still have those little pockets. Um, and again, I'll go back to the to Midgar and Final Fantasy VII remake, where like it was mostly just this rundown, dirty kind of city, but there are like little little oases here and there of like you know you've got Aerith's flower garden and stuff like that. It's mm. so, like it's not like completely completely rundown. So I I think that that kind of balance could work for our version of Hyrule in this as well. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that would be uh, I think that'd be pretty awesome to do like VR dungeons because like if you if you really wanted to get crazy, you could have like some fourth wall breaking dungeon shenanigans, <laughs> kind of like uh, Eternal Darkness did Whoa. back on the GameCube, where it was like it shut off your screen or like it deleted your save uh, file. Or whatever, I, I like, love or that pretended stuff. to. Yeah, you could you could get really bonkers if you wanted to, but uh, yeah, I, I think that that would like look be very very cool. Um, and I think Reed, we were both kind of on the same, on the same wavelength with, uh, like the final dungeon of the game. Like we, I think we both kind of envisioned that, like you were scaling like the Ganoncorp skyscraper and like yeah. working your way up. Yeah. And that kind of was like the, it, it was kind of the stand in for Hyrule Castle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, instead it's like Ganoncorp headquarters. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And there would be, I think it could just be, you know, huge and, um, yeah, there's so many um, there's so many ways aesthetically that this that this could go. I mean, obviously it's like, you know, a city and it's like gritty and dirty and whatever. But like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I I think that there's like in all kinds of cyberpunk movies, the aesthetic is slightly different. Like they have different, uh, I guess, influences or like, you know, they're they're calling out to different things. Like in Blade Runner, it's a lot of, um, I don't know. It's like it's like a lot of Chinese and Asian like stuff that you see mm-hmm. around, but like you, you, there could be like ancient imagery, like in Skyward Sword or something, or it could be more medieval imagery, like in Ocarina of Time, or, you know, there could be billboards of like eight or 16 bit imagery to like, you know, harken back to the older Zeldas, you know? So I guess I'm, I'm also thinking that like the, that the headquarters doesn't have to just be like, you know, a big, headquarters it i think that there's a lot of room for for like you know a weird i don't know medieval 
torture dungeon basement or something. Like there could be all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff going on there. That is, that is weird. Can you imagine like going to a, a, a skyscraper downtown in your city and just like there's a torture dungeon basement? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it exists. <laughs> I'm sure it does too. Um, yeah, it, like. I feel like the the possibilities are like endless what you could do with this like you can be goofy you can pay homage to what's come before but you can also do anything because you're in this completely different setting where like the rules as we know don't necessarily apply to this Zelda anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, one thing that we were also on the same page on re was kind of how items would work where like it would be cool to have like all the different characters have like different body augmentations you can and maybe. This is maybe a little bit too RPG. I don't know. Mm. Tell, tell me what you think, Allison. But uh, like, Reed put down too that like we could we could augment different or augment different parts of our body to like boost attack or defense. And and I mean, I guess that's basically just like wearing armor right now in Breath of the Wild, right? So it's not that much of a stretch. No, I mean, I can I can dig it. I I like RPG uh, stuff, and I mean, like you guys are saying, you could do virtually anything with this just because it's like. It's it's the same but so different. So like I I I'm okay with that. I don't have any problem mm -hmm. with that. <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean, part of what I like about Breath of the Wild is that it doesn't it doesn't give you too many, like I don't know. I, I, there's two things. Is one it, it doesn't give you too many options. It's not like like oh you can like choose the percentage of stealth and the percentage of boosted attack or anything like that. It's just like. You're either wearing something that that gives you some defense or you're wearing something that gives you stealth and you can wear one of each or whatever. But it's not like that mm -hmm. nuanced, right? It's just like here's an item of clothing and it will give you defense or whatever. Um, so I feel like we it doesn't have to be super, um, I don't know, granular. Like it, it could be something more like more like Breath of the Wild and less like, you know, like dungeons and dragons or whatever yeah. <laughs> i kind of like i kind of i kind of dig that actually yeah and i always like the games where you can kind of shape yourself as the game goes along like skyrim you can kind of decide mm -hmm. what type of player you're gonna be what type of character you're gonna have as far as their skills so i mean i could totally see that too where you instead of like me maybe being more defensive or being like a tank and super strong you can like be stealthier or whatever so i i would like that too there you go. That's uh, I. I feel like this game could be like actually awesome. I feel like Cyberpunk Zelda would be so cool. Uh, anyone that's been listening to this show for a long time knows I'm a big like sci-fi guy. Um, and yeah, I I kind of shamelessly ripped off a lot of uh, ideas like and cliches right from some of my favorite like sci-fi movies. But by God, I think if you put them all in a blender and then like pour that over Zelda, I think that it turns out pretty good. Yeah, Me too. I I would I'm agree. And, I'm invested. You know, <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, you know, there's something to be said. Like, I like, you know, seeing the same stories or the same ideas over and over again, but just with a new skin because mm -hmm. it's something that I like. So if you like it and you want to, you know, do it over and over again, but just have different experiences with it, with it there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm totally cool with it. Well, um, yeah, shout out to... Uh... Shout out to Blade Runner, Matrix, <laughs> Mr. Robot, Altered Carbon, Robopocalypse, uh, yeah. uh, Johnny, Tron, all the games that and all the properties that we kind of 
aped and, and stole their best bits from to make this cyberpunk Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get out of here, guys, I, I'm just curious. I kind of mentioned it earlier in the show, but I, I wanted to know, and this has nothing to do with Zelda, so if you don't have an opinion, that's totally cool. Do, do you have like any thoughts one way or the other about cyberpunk 2077 and what a disaster that it's turned out to be? I know my brother Andy really likes it. He's been playing it for um, a little while now, and he actually says it's really good. So maybe aside from all the mishaps that have like come in the last couple weeks, the game is still itself good. I don't know. Is he playing on PC? Uh, I think so. I I would have to ask. <laughs> that that would that would be why. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know much about it. I mean, I've. I've, I've, I really don't know much. Uh, the only thing that I, um, I keep saying is like, why put a date that's like that close? Like, you don't. I mean, like, if we're gonna, if you're gonna date it, it should be like three thousand or something. Like, because twenty seventy seven is like gonna come pretty quickly, and it's gonna like date itself in like a really uh, silly way. Like Johnny Mnemonic takes place in 2021, and if you've seen that movie, <laughs> you'll know 2021 does not look like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, Blade Runner. True. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. But anyway, I I don't have an opinion on on um, Cyberpunk 2077. Haven't played it, but um, I hope it's good. I want it to be good. I, I want it to be good too. I think eventually it will be good. But what a what an absolute catastrophe that was. They, <laughs> yeah. They obviously shouldn't have released it because it obviously wasn't ready. Um, they they sh- definitely shouldn't have released it on PS4 or Xbox right now because like I I think that it would have been less embarrassing to delay the game for like a fourth time than it would have been to release it as it currently is because their stocks are just in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all the developers there are incredibly angry. They I, I, you know CD Projekt Red forced their developers to work like tons of overtime and, and brutal hours it's uh it's pretty troubling and then to get like to get this game that was hyped up to be like the game of our generation and to have it turn into this yeah is is quite disappointing so i i think that no matter what even even when they inevitably do patch up all the issues that it has i think that it's always going to be remembered as like this absolutely brutal release and this like just kind of embarrassment really which is too bad because i i think eventually the game is going to be really good but it's it's hard not to look at everything else going on with it right now yeah that is kind of a bummer and i i feel like us nintendo fans understand when something gets gets delayed and then it it inevitably turns out really great so i mean yeah yeah Like, like imagine if if breath of the wild hadn't turned out really great and it was a buggy glitchy Mess. Yeah, if they that had released play. it in like, 2014 or 15, whenever they originally said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no thanks. It's, it's a shame, I and I feel wait. for all the developers, but I, I don't feel for the executives at CD Projekt Red, because they obviously rushed this game out. They obviously weren't managing it very well and had some pretty... They did they did some pretty grimy stuff, too, where they, like, they wouldn't show any footage that wasn't on a PC and they didn't send out any review uh, copies. So mm. I, I don't really feel for them, yeah, but I sketchy. do feel for all the people that worked on the game. What's that so. saying, Andy? Oh, it's, um, it's a good, a good game that comes out late is good forever. And a bad game is bad forever. <laughs> I butchered that, but something like that. 
There you go. You, maybe maybe you can never make a first impression twice. Yeah, there you go. Is another Same. good saying? I got another good saying, but I can't say it on air. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you after. Um, all right, any any final thoughts on Cyberpunk Zelda before we get out of here? This actually flew by. I can't believe that we're, we're done. I would I easily, easily spend 60 bucks on this game. Easily. Hell yeah. And I'd wait for it, too. If they want to delay it, you know, four or five times, I'd wait for it. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. would pre-order a copy. Take my money now. I want it. I hope Nintendo is listening. Give me some cool gadgets. I want that fight. I want that fight against Ganicorp. Um, all right, guys, that is going to do it for us. Ree, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell the people where they can check you out uh, over on the internet. Uh, on the internet. Uh, I'm not really on the internet. I'm on Discord, though. So if you if you come over to the Zelda Dungeon Discord, I'm available. I'm also uh, present on the Virtual Theater Discord, which is a plug for Andy's other show. Andy, I plugged your other show. You didn't even have to do it this time. Wow. You're talking virtual theater, the podcast's all about video game movies and the stories that shape them, right? <laughs> That's the one. Very good. Yeah, roll tide. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, check us out over on Discord. You're probably smart by not having social media. That's the first step of Ganicorp's plot to overthrow us all. Uh, I could um, go but on. But in the meantime, you can check you can check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. Uh, we are going to get out of here. We want you to head on over to Podbean, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, like and subscribe to the Champions Cast. Tell us what you think of our Cyberpunk Zelda game, and would you check it out? And of course, everybody have a safe and happy new year, and we will see you back here in 2021. Take care. A note like a broken electrical pole song But a dun for the scum of the circuitry on the run Haven't seen the sun with the naked eye much So the neon is my god and it shine on the numb Hop up with the bike I got, okay, ready Work ain't been too steady, I'm headed for something heavy the credits are full of crime of the century Morality's only a memory when belly's empty Swine get they high mind, focus on taking mine Get in line swine, you won't deny me my piece of pie Any in this broke future that they designed, don't comply I'll supply a deletion, the end is nigh